0: Welcome to episode 32 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And we have a guest today. Yeah, buddy. Uh, we have the man, Ryan Kilpatrick. Otherwise... Known. What's up, guys? Embrace the recoil on the Instagrams. Is uh, a lot of people are going to know him by. He, for a short time, he, he went to well, Ryan James Kilpatrick. My actual name. And that confused a lot of people, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, man, what's going on? Not too much. Uh, Had a good range day this weekend, um, class next weekend, and then just work work in between. Awesome. So you do work. (laughs) Yeah, I work. I think that's, uh, (laughs) some people are like, what? I get messages about a couple times a month of, what do you actually do? Because I don't really <laughs> share too much of my work, um, you know, on Instagram. So I think sometimes it's just, it's just me posting the dog and shooting. So there's not, <laughs> people get a little confused sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, get and,
2: I don't know how, I forget exactly when you kind of shared with me your story. Maybe I picked up on it through stories and stuff that you did over the years on your Instagram page, but you have a pretty cool, Story, which is why um, Greg and I wanted to bring you on board. And obviously, we talk a lot to people on the podcast about entrepreneurship and small business stuff. Um, I, and we're kind of all, I mean, you're outside of the gun industry uh, with your businesses, but you're inside of it with your Instagram and everything. But the stuff we talk about obviously applies across a multitude of different industries and things. But uh, I've, I was really excited to get you on board because of how unique your story is. So I don't, I don't know if you want to just kick it off and tell people who may not know you on the podcast a little bit about yourself, and we'll kick it off from there. Yeah,
1: sure. Uh, a brief, I guess, synopsis of what happened is I was 27 or 28 years old. I was working in sales as, as an RV salesman, um, making really good money, and I didn't mind the job. It was just we worked 45 hours a week, every week. Um, rain or shine. So during the winter, we'd work forty five hours a week, and we'd maybe see one or two clients that whole week. So you were just at work, sitting at your desk, going on Facebook, talking to the other salesmen, and, and they didn't care. You know, you were you were able to just not do anything. They just wanted to do their if, if customers came in, and I just felt frustrated because I was younger, and I, I felt like I was just kind of wasting my time away chasing the dollar and, and not really passionate about what I was doing. So. I text a friend of mine, hey, let's quit our jobs, buy an RV, and we'll start a business while we're traveling in the RV. And, and we both had entrepreneur mindsets. We wanted to do those things. We had just kind of got caught up in our spending and in our life. So we got stuck in jobs because we had to pay for our bills. Um, so I started a business in really the worst way. I started on credit card. I quit my job outright. Um, I had some money saved up, but you know, really hindsight... It, it, it worked out for me but it was also a very uh i think Warren Buffett says don't test the, the depth of a water with both feet and i i literally jumped straight in um but i was able to we traveled the country in an rv for 6 months i started uh two businesses while i was in the rv and then uh, a third when i got back and i've been doing that now for um the last 5 years and it's worked out very well for me it's e-commerce based i do most of it from home um so it allows me to manipulate my time and my freedoms to do to to say yes to everything. I mean, that's what I always try to tell people when, when they say, what's your goal is my, my goal is to just say yes to every opportunity I can. Um, and just have to say no when I want to. And, and I've been able I'm getting there, but I'm still, I'm still, um, not where I'd like to be yet, but, but much closer than I was when I was sitting at the desk.
2: Got it. Yeah. I, I can kind of resonate a little bit with that, with the, the mundane, you know, sitting, feeling like you're not really pointed in the direction you're supposed to be going. But it's just crazy to me when I first found out about that, that you just up and quit your job and bought an RV and started driving around. So what, what exactly caused you to take that path and say, I could, I could see, I guess, saying I'm done and I'm going to start a business and then starting it from your home. But what caused you to, to get the RV travel around and do all that? So the RV was
1: the, the RV part was always a dream of mine since I was younger. I used to clip out articles of people that had done similar trips. Um, I mean, this is like when I was a teenager and I'd put them up in my room of, of there's guys that floated the entire Mississippi river on a pontoon. Um, people that lived out of their car and would climb, um, in Yosemite, so it's just something that I always wanted to do just that complete freedom of choice. Um, you know, we didn't really make a plan when we were on the road, so we'd have our fun in let's say the Florida Keys and then we'd just pick a spot on the map and go, you know, get in the RV and go to that next one. So I went from a really structured life to no structure at all, um, which was very stressful at times, but very liberating at times, and it was just a way to kind of hit the reset. Uh, I flew to Hawaii first actually. I had bought the tickets while I was working. Spent ten days in Hawaii and then came back and loaded up the RV. And we were selling a, a, one of my businesses, light up Christmas sweaters. And we we tried to do light up St. Patty's Day sweaters. And there's a huge uh, St. Patty's Day parade in Georgia, so that was our first stop in the RV. We took a bunch of light up or uh, St. Patty's Day sweaters down, and we didn't sell. We didn't sell any of them. But <laughs> that that was our uh, that was what got us started. That was our only stop we had to make. And then we were in Georgia broke. And uh, we almost came back home, honestly. We almost did it for only five days. And been back, But we put it on a credit card and trudged on, and, and it worked out. Um, but like I said, hindsight, it probably wasn't the smartest move. Because if we hadn't succeeded, I would have just been really, really broke um, and back home. But for me, you know, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. And my job would take me back still to this day. So, you know, the, the worst case for me was being a little broke and having to go back to work. So it wasn't that Big of a risk in, in the scheme of things, but you know it just wouldn't have been fun to have all these plans and then just you know tuck tail and gone home.
0: Yeah, but uh, I also think there's something said for putting yourself in a situation where, situation where you have to succeed. Yeah, right you know, I, I, I and I I feel like I put myself in some situation like that at least once a year where I'm like, man, this has to succeed yeah. or it's going to be bad. And yeah, that's a very good point
1: because a lot of people they want to do these things. You know, I'm sure you guys get it. You know, you get messages of, man, I love what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. But there's a lot of people you could give the exact mapping of what they need to do. And, you know, life just kind of gets in the way. So sometimes like to your point, you just have to make it where you have to do it. (laughs) You know, don't give yourself a choice. And, and a lot of times good things come from that because you work even harder because you don't have a plan B. Yeah,
0: for sure. That's what happens after you, uh, so how long were you on the road then?
1: We're on the road for six months, and then we've taken probably nine trips since then. In between working, I had a business partner at the time. Him and I are still very close. I ended up buying him out. Um, he lives in California now. But him and I, we just went to the Bahamas this year, um, and we took another RV trip the year after a cruise. You know, we've done done smaller trips, nothing as big as that. Because now that the business is is established, um, you know, I don't have the, I can't go for months but weeks are no problem. Right. So tell us about your, your, your businesses. What do you do? So they're actually the most insane mix of things. Uh, I have a nautical (laughs) decor business. We, we, We customize life rings, ship wheels to people's last names for weddings, birthdays for boats. Um, I have a vinyl business where we do large installs of you know, churches, you know, custom sayings, Bible verses. And then we have smaller decals that we sell online. Um, I produce all those from home as well. And then I have a light up Christmas sweater business. It was a a very unique thing. Uh, My old business partner made a Christmas sweater for his girlfriend. And when they broke up, she gave it back to him. And someone said, hey, you should put that on Etsy, which is like eBay, but for crafts. And he put it on there. And he sold like 300 that Christmas and, you know, we sell them for $60, $70 a piece. So it's a nice little chunk of change. And that was just one design. So it's just become this thing that every October I kind of bunker down in my house and we, we make them from hand. Um, you know, I, I have seasonal help and we, we put led lights in them. So they light up. They're super fun. It's very unique gift. Um, so I have those three and, and my big thing is, um, lightweight, easy to ship, able to make from home. So that way I have, and, and then high gross margin. So, so I have things that I can make from home, easy to ship. You know, I don't want to be hauling these 300 pounds. Like I'm sure Jared knows yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> shipping these really heavy things because my postman actually comes to my house and picks up what I sell. Yeah. So there's, so I don't have to actually leave the house. Um, and that's just kind of the things that I try to keep because I work from home. So I can't have these huge inventories at the house you know, until we actually get a shot, but I like to try to keep my overhead, um, as low as possible. So that way the money goes farther, um, for me, but yeah, they're very, they're very different, but very much the same when it comes to the back end. So
0: Got have it. you always, have you always been, you know, uh, all those things are, 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 are very creative and crafting stuff. Have you always been, you know, been an artsy creative type person?
1: No, actually, not at all. That that
0: was the nice part.
1: My business partner at the beginning was the the yin to my yang, essentially. I'm very much um, a numbers guy, an execution guy, getting things done on time, on schedule. And he was the creative side. So I actually had to kind of learn that as I went. Um, You know, uh, part of that story is we bought a vinyl cutter and had it shipped to our RV in Key Largo, Florida. And we picked it up from a UPS store in the box. We had no idea how to do it. We, we had zero knowledge of how to do it, and we just got in the RV, we'd park at a Home Depot, steal their Wi-Fi, and watch YouTube videos of how to, to create vinyl, how to list them, how to how to create the uh, the designs and things like that, and it was just a, a, a very hard learning curve. We had one listing to start. Um, and, you know, every time we'd sell it, it was like the best day of our lives. Our phone, <laughs> my phone makes a cha-ching sound every time I make a sale. So yeah. we'd be, you know, we'd be snorkeling or on the beach or whatever. And you'd hear a cha-ching and we'd just run to our phones and see what it was. And, you know, now I have 449 listings um, for just vinyl. So it, it becomes this big thing um, all of a sudden kind of because you're, you're spending so much time learning. Um, but now I love the creative side of it. You know, I have customers that want certain looks in their, in their gyms or things like that. And I get to design the whole thing for them.
2: Very cool. Yeah, that is awesome. So you have three, technically three businesses. And the thing that I'm, that I wanted to ask you is balancing all three. And I think, like you said, you touched on, they kind of all go hand in hand, but I'm sure that at times that probably (laughs) brings up some other struggles and, you know, balancing everything. What, Does that ever become a problem for you? Um,
1: The only time that it gets really hard for me is Christmas because all our businesses sell heavy during Christmas. And now without having my business partner, it's just me um, operating everything. And I'm not a note-taking kind of guy. So my brain is just constantly running um, to make sure that everything's going out on time. But it's also part of what I love about it is everything's on me to get it done. So when you, when we do execute and we have a good Christmas season, it's very fulfilling. Um, But the nice thing is with the internet sales, you know, it's not something I have to get out the second it gets sold. So I, I rotate through, you know, I'll do vinyl one day and then the next day I do the nautical stuff. And then Christmas sweaters is only two months of the year. So I just have to, um, I gear up for that in the beginning of October. So I'm actually ready when they start selling. And and once I have the pre-work done for sweaters, they're pretty easy to turn out as well. So it's just making sure that you are keeping up day to day, and then it, it doesn't really get bogged down.
2: Yeah. yeah I, so uh, you know, Ryan, but TA Targets is the main entity for me, but then on the side, I do coat And sometimes it is difficult, depending on what you're doing, to try to find the time. Because the whole in my mind, the whole balance here of this is your business at some point should allow you to have some more freedom. Yeah. And Greg and I have joked about this in previous podcasts that the uh, the, the business... One second.
1: More freedom and he gets a
2: phone yeah, call for business, work. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. That <laughs> yeah, I forgot the silence before the podcast started. So Greg, you have some editing to do. Great, thank you. But anyway, at some point, at some point the business should be able to give you more freedom. Um, and I think, I think that can get lost. Greg and I have joked before though, you know, as a business owner, you have the freedom to work your 80 hours a week whenever you want. But <laughs> the cool thing, the cool thing is you have a different mindset and this is where it, it gets really, where things really
0: yeah,
2: yeah, this is where things kind of depart. And I think people think I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to work 80 hours a week for years and kill it. And then go to a beach somewhere and relax, but you have a different mindset. And I would love to have you go over that with everybody, what your whole have less do more mentality is all about.
1: So the way that I, you know, when I was younger, I was just chasing dollars. You know, I wanted the best promotion to get to the highest pay grade to have this money. And then for me um, I'm no longer really money motivated. I want to create incomes I want to have cash because I do believe that cash equals freedom to an extent. But for me, I try to keep my bills very low, my overhead low. You know, I don't have a car payment. I don't have credit card debt. I don't have student loan debt. So my money just goes farther. Um, And and my end goal is freedom of time. So from when I wake up to when I go to sleep, it's a Casey Neistat thing. I choose to do what I want to do. Um, and I'm not there yet, but that's what I've been working towards since day one. And I'm much closer today than I was, you know, when I was punching the clock, um, working at American RV. So, so for my generation, you know, I'm 34, but you know, the 20 somethings, the 30 somethings, a lot of the times we, as our job and our pay increases, so does our spending. So we, we continue locking ourselves into the life we live. And if you love the life you live it doesn't matter, you know, spend the money, you're you're content, happiness is, is the end goal. But a lot of us, myself included, I spent the money. And all of a sudden, I woke up one day, and I'm stuck in this life that doesn't inspire me anymore. So that's where the have less do more came from. For me, is I don't, you know, I don't chase cars or houses or things like that. I just want to be able to do things. You know, I have nieces and nephews and friends and when when they say hey do you want to go see this soccer game or do you want to go to the bahamas i don't want to have to say no to those things and you know i you guys have kids it's the same thing as you know saying no to things that you want to say yes to is the worst feeling i Whatever wish people
0: i wish people would ask me hey do you want to go to a soccer game or do you want to go to the bahamas <laughs> yeah hey, my life's a little bit different maybe no one to that th- those those questions i get the first question but i, I don't think i've ever been asked <laughs> Go to the no, I can pack yeah. no. <laughs> up, up and we'll just go. <laughs> yeah, uh, You know,
1: I, I always say that the only thing I'm willing to go broke on is experience because for me, I learned when I was younger traveling here and there, Um, I used to bartend and, and I, I left my job for three weeks and took a train trip all across the country. Um, You know, those are the best times of your life. It, it's never going to, you're never going to remember your days at work you know, the, doing the things that you're not passionate about, but the best times are times spent with good people and good places. And, and that's just, it seems kind of like a platitude, but for me, it, it really is, you know, that's what's all this work I do at home is for that freedom to do those things. And, and that's not always for everyone. You know, that's just what gets me juiced up. And, and that may not be what gets you or Jared or whoever's listening, but, but finding that is important you know what does get you excited what does get you motivated because the more time you can spend doing those things i think you'll see more progress in your life because your energy really flows through um when you are you know fired up
2: yeah and i feel like in general especially in our our culture today it's almost like i don't want to say i'm going to say you're kind of pressured into trying to chase a lifestyle of oh, absolutely. stuff and it's easier than ever with credit cards and knowing that people in general, and I, I read a statistic, I don't know how accurate it is, but the average American has $10,000 in, in credit card debt. I think and it's 28000 28, actually. That's nuts. That's yeah, nuts man. to me. And you know, part of your journey that's really cool is you, you touch on the financial end of things and the freedom and you, you're very vocal about that on your Instagram page. But people get sucked into this idea that you have to follow that path. And the reality of it is then I see so many people in my sphere that I know just desiring so much more, but they've gotten so far trapped yeah. by the, the culture pressure to have the vehicle, to have the, the big house, to have the stuff that ties you down, that they don't even have the freedom to pursue this thing we're calling entrepreneurship. Right. Um, but at the same time, I also know people that, like you touched on, that have a job and a career that's, you know, they love it and they're into it. And that's the other thing is I think people sometimes pressure themselves into thinking that what they're doing isn't enough, even if they're happy with what they're doing, if that makes any sense. So it's definitely right. a balance for people that are listening to our podcast. not Well, pressure. it's like,
1: you know, the societal thing is like, Oh, you make $35,000 a year. You're not doing good enough. Right. You know, you're not doing enough. Well, well, what's what matters? I, you know, thirty-five thousand, and you love it, and you're happy, and your life is bringing you meaning. Or eighty thousand dollars, and you're stressed out, and you know your your right. wife's not happy with you because you're never home. Your kids don't get to see you. Like, where where is the value? Because I think that's the lie that we're being told. Is um, you know through social media, everyone looks like they're doing the best things all the time and spending all this money. Where if you change what looks like success from just a dollar sign to actual happiness and not even just happiness, but, but giving back or helping other people, that, that changes, I think, how a lot of people would approach. The problem is, like you said, that's just not, that's not what's in vogue right now.
0: Well, I think it's, it's so easy for people just because we live in a day and age where, where you, know, you have a credit card, you can just swipe and get yeah. what you want right then, but when you when you truly work for something and when you get to have that that, that whatever it is because you've truly earned it and because yeah. you've it, 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 instead of it, instead of getting it and then trying to work for it um, it just it means that much more to you when you actually earned what you're doing you, you know, whether yeah. that's a car, whether that's a vacation. You know whatever it is you know when you actually put the work in for it it's just going to be so much more rewarding than if you just you know if you do if you get whatever it
2: is and then you try to figure out how to yeah. pay for it after buy you know? buy first and plan the payments later yeah, yeah. yeah that is the culture it's the instant gratification culture and the the cool thing about our voices talking into other people who are kind con- of considering going into business or things like that is the whole instant gratification mindset and an entrepreneurship and starting a business doesn't really go hand in hand. And I think all three of us could probably attest for that. There is a ton of work that goes into the backside of a business. I mean, Ryan, you've been doing this for five years. What does that, why don't you map out and tell people, obviously we're not talking dollars or anything here, but what does that look like from when you started You're traveling in RV and the progression as your business grew um, over the last five years. How did that look? So we had we had the benefit of Christmas sweaters
1: already being established. So when I quit my job in January, we knew that we could get to a payday, a decent payday in November and December. So we, we were able to actually have in a way a safety net now granted, you know, Etsy could have shut us down or, you know, there could have been a ton of things, but we knew we could, if we could just get to November, we could get some money, you know what I mean? So that did help us a little bit more than I think a lot of people would have, you know, they don't have a payday coming, um, you know, right away. But, you know, I, I think I had, I'll talk numbers at the beginning. I think I had like $6,000 in the bank when I quit my job, um, and my first, our first year, I made I think it was thirty six hundred dollars or eighty three hundred dollars the entire <laughs> year on That's my taxes. Sad. So I went from making my last year at American RV, the sales place, I, I made seventy nine thousand dollars, and then my next year, I think it was either you know it was like let's say five grand in between there. So it was a a, a big <laughs> a big shift there, but but it's also you know you you want to see the end goal at the beginning. And I think that's a lot of the time what's hard for people. I'm sure you guys experienced it. It's like, I'm never going to get there. This isn't, this isn't enough. This isn't going to pay the bills, you know, but if I could see today, five years ago, you know, that's the easiest jump I'd ever make. Right. If I knew where I'd end up, it's not, it's an easy decision. It's just, it's hard to have that clarity at the beginning. But I also think too, a, a caveat to that is entrepreneurship is what's kind of in media right now, it seems like a big dream for a lot of people. But sometimes you're not, there's a lot of people that want to be entrepreneurs that aren't entrepreneurs, because it's, there's so much structure to life. When you have a job, you know, you know what you're going to do, you know what your paycheck's going to be, you know, that the next paycheck's coming, um, you know, you get up, you go to work, you go home, you know, there's structure. And when you're an entrepreneur, there's no structure. And if you are lazy, you're going to be lazier. You know, if you are negative, you're going to be more negative just because, you know, don't force yourself into entrepreneurship if it's not really what your strength is, because it'll eat you up quicker than anything else. And and it's okay to not be an entrepreneur, right? Like, it's okay to not have this dream to be your own boss. Sometimes your dream is working for someone and, and that's
0: okay too. Yeah. Yeah. I think we kind of talked about this a little bit in some of our first episodes and it just... I, I truly believe if you don't have your purpose and your happiness set before you start a business venture, it, yeah. if you think that having that, that business and the, and the freedom and money, whatever that might come with that business, if, if you think that that's what you got to do to be happy, then you're going to be even more miserable. If, if you don't have yourself set before you start that business venture, it, you're just going to get drowned.
1: It's- yeah. And, and financial clarity too, you know, cause I think if you're used to making this money, like me, you know, I was making decent money. I'm used to getting these paychecks. I'm used to getting, you know, being able to just spend money and not think about it because the next paycheck's coming. So if you carry that mindset into your entrepreneur journey, you're going to go broke really quick, you know, because entrepreneurship always costs more than you think it does. You know, starting a business always costs more. There's always things that come up that if you're not ready um financially uh, it will bury you very quickly and the problem is for some people they don't have like i could have gone back to my job i didn't have a wife i didn't have kids you guys have, you know you have more riding on you so it, you have to make sure that you're uh, um being being smart to to an
2: extent yeah, I, I totally get that, and I, and Greg and I have talked about this before, and it made me laugh. That's why I kind of chuckled when you talked about going from your your sales job to just taking the plunge because the gap in what you made is so drastic. <laughs> yeah. But you you have to be slightly insane to want yeah. this. Like, let's be honest. I mean, the amount of extra stress that you throw on your shoulders just just from that fact that, okay, you know, you work for somebody and yeah, there's stress with your job and I'm not downplaying that, but there's a whole host of new, new problems and things that come up when all of a sudden you're not relying on your boss who hired a marketing guy to sell the product that you are manufacturing. Well, now you are the boss, you're the manufacturer, you're the marketing person, you're the web developer, you're the communications person. Yeah. And so it's definitely something that, I didn't think of any of that <laughs> when we're like, oh, let's go start this target company. It's like, cool. And then, you know, it was kind of like this, this face planting routine where it's just like, oh, okay, so we need to do this. Okay, well, crap, yep. nobody can do that. Well, now we have to figure that out. And that's, it's kind of cool looking back on the journey at this point because of all of that, because yeah. of what we've learned and what we've seen. But I well, don't and know, it's it fun to, it's me.
1: Yeah, you have to. All of a sudden, you have to learn all these skills that you you took for granted when someone else is doing it. Um, you know, the, the funny thing for me is, we lived in this RV, and like I said, we would pull into Home Depots after they closed, and you could get Wi-Fi from the parking lot. Um, so we would steal their Wi-Fi, and we would just watch YouTube videos. And we'd work on our website. We both had computers, so we could be working on different things. So I always say my my business is built off of free wi-fi from home depot and it, it really is the truth but you know i was gifted time at the beginning you know we had we lived in an rv we could do whatever we want so we had time to learn these skills and and troubleshoot you know the first night we got the um the vinyl cutter we were just cutting all different kinds of things and having fun with it just learning it and then we found craft shows um on the california coast so we'd cut a bunch of decals and we'd go and set up tables at this craft show and we'd make know like a thousand bucks in the weekend, and that got us cash to get us through the next week um and then we you know we're in this rV we have the dinner table folded down we, everything's turned into a shop, and then we'd have to close that all up to be able to sleep, but you know we just made it work and 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 my thing is I love the hustle of it, you know it sounds like a like a gimmick word, but right it's it's fun for me to find cash flow it's fun for me to you know, look at numbers and see where there's opportunities. And, you know, that's just stuff that gets me excited. So it's a benefit for me being an entrepreneur because the stuff I enjoy doing now I'm actually doing. Um, and it's, it's making me money, which is giving me freedom to do even more things that I love doing. You know, this Instagram and guns, I'm able to do a lot of the stuff I've been able you know, the opportunities I've had to come shoot with you guys and travel and shoot and, um, do all those things. I wouldn't have that you know, if I had a job because I my time is, is no longer free. So, you know, like I said, the freedom of time is, is my end goal.
0: No, I, I relate to a lot of it. It's just in that, that when I started the business, I, I was just focused on making Neomags and I, and just do what it took to make the product. And, and really what I've fallen in love with over the last couple of years is more of, building a business and not just yeah. the product. Like I love the, just the journey of creating this business and trying to grow it. And, and, and what do I need to do to, you know, you know, to better this and to reach more people and all that stuff. Like that's become what I really probably spend more of my time thinking about than I do the actual product. And there's pros and cons to that, but uh yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the actual business is really what, what you kind of fall in love with. And when, when, when we were with you just a a couple months ago, um, Oh, you had, you had said something that that just kind of stuck out to me in that I think somebody on Instagram had asked you, you know, do you, you know, do you even like your job? Do you even like what you do? Do you remember saying that? Do you remember what your response was to that? Yeah. You know, I, I have a
1: buddy who I've been kind of coaching through, um, finances and things like that. And he, Cause I always say, you know, do what you love doing. He said to me, do you love making Christmas sweaters? Do you love making vinyl? And, and I, you know, the, the truth is there's days that I don't love it. Right. Like, but that, I think that's everything, but I love what my business, the opportunities it provides me. So what I'm able to do with my time and the, the cash flow, I love that. And I, and I think that, I think that is also something that people have to be kind of conscious of is it's like follow your passion and do what you love, but some, you're never going to feel that way every single day. So you have to really be invested in, in the whole process, because if you want to just go to work and hop out of bed every day, (laughs) I don't think there's a job (laughs) out there
2: that's going to be that for you. And, you know, I look out at the future and I'm, and Greg and I have touched on this before as well. And maybe it was private conversations, the podcast. I don't remember, but I look out 15 years from now and sometimes that can be downright daunting to think about how am I going to do this for 15 years? But the opportunity is if you, if you change where the source of the passion. So I, I guess that's where I'm headed with that is the source of my passion. Isn't just that I like building steel targets. Cause at, at this point, I don't even build them anymore. You know, I have no, no hand in assembly painting or whatever, where I, I, we used to. Right. Um, now we have people doing that. Um, but I look forward in those 15 years and although it can be daunting, it's like at that time in those 15 years, how much of an impact do you get to have on your team, on the people you're selling the products to? So you have to be invested in that whole entire process or else you'll quit. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like you'll just quit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's any, any big company or even small companies they they always start in the grind of things you know you you, you know, like kfc he's baking chicken right like and yeah. <laughs> now he's a multimillionaire uh, jeff bezos was literally selling books one by one and it became this huge thing you know and and not saying that we're going to be these multimillion dollar entrepreneurs but it always starts at, in a, a a just a straight labor of sweat equity um, and then it, it becomes another thing, you know, like you guys, I've loved watching you both grow because I followed you both from the very beginning. And, you know, like Greg, you were making NeoMags and you didn't have your shop. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. Jared, you guys were very, very new with all the, um, the assembly and the, the technology behind it. And now you guys are like, both of you are less time actual, you know, that's what I would say is I'm an hourly employee at my business still, where I think you guys have kind of, you've reached a, you're still employees at your business, but you've also kind of gotten away from like Jared said, he doesn't assemble them anymore. So now you're, now your creative. Creativity gets used to grow and that's right. the fun part, right? Oh, and yeah. you get to, you start seeing like, Oh, I made this business. I made this business. And for me, you know, I don't know with you guys, my, my business has started from a pretty small investment and have turned into this big thing. So for me, that's exciting. Cause I love leveraging dollars. Like I love seeing what you can do with little and turn it into things. So it's just, uh, it, it is, it is hard to quantify, I guess, sometimes because, you know, you, I think we all end up sometimes doing things that we're like, man, this is going to suck for 15 years, but it's also big picture,
2: you know? Right. It's a balancing act of all of that stuff. It really is. And like you said, the one of the things that drives me so much is looking at the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could talk about some of the stuff that we have coming up um, <laughs> because it's just the ability to, and I'm so thankful that we stuck with this and we've been pushing forward because now I am freed up to this, but the ability to forecast and see forward and be like, okay, well, we're going to do this product and this product and this product is so neat. And then even entertain the idea, just a couple of podcasts ago, I, I talked to Greg cause there's, a, you know, the entertaining other ideas of buying another business or starting another business or doing all this other stuff right. that comes along with the freedom of your time is insane. And yeah. I wouldn't trade it for anything at this point. And I don't think, he, I don't think, I think all three of us probably go through spells where we go through a period where we're like, Oh man, this is overwhelming. What am I doing? but I wouldn't trade this for the world. Would you?
1: Oh, absolutely not. And I, and I think to your point, there is a lot of people see opportunity, but they're not able to capitalize on it. So when you do get in a place, especially as an entrepreneur where you do have freedom of time and hopefully eventually you have capital um, being able to jump at things, whether it's experience or business, that's exciting you know, like you said, yeah. like buying another business, you know, if something comes up, you know, for me, it's like, Hey, I started this business. I don't really like it. And, you know, I can go in, I can analyze the numbers. I can see what I can do with my, you know, my e-commerce mindset, things like that. Okay. Yep. Let's do this because that's how my third one got started. You know, we saw a little niche that hadn't been touched yet. And, uh, you know, we threw, I think it was $1,600 at it. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it's, it's sold like I think we sold $1,600 in the last four days, you know? So like you push yeah. that, that, and you know, that stuff's exciting for me. And and that's just, I mean, that may just be me, but being able to see the growth from, from little dollars to big dollars is a lot of fun. I think having yeah. the foresight
0: to it, it, because I remember clearly the moment when, when I made my money back, like on my first run of Neomagus, I made the money back, and then some, cause I sold out of, of what I made. And I, I, I remember standing there and thinking, boom, I just made some money. Let's yep. go spend it. You know, like I'm, you know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this you know, it type of thing. I remember having that thought, like, do I just cash out and I'm done and I made some money I can go have some fun with and just go back to my day job or man, do I, do I roll that money back into this and see if yeah. I can do more with it and, you know, just, I mean, I clearly remember that day and thinking through that process. And, and yeah. yeah, just, you know, you know, finding that 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 niche for that product or whatever or, or, or that idea that you have and then taking the steps to to turn it into something more than that is, uh man, it's, it's, it's so exciting. But see, that's where your entrepreneur mindset
1: comes into play, because a lot of people would have taken the cash and just spent it and be done with it where yeah. entrepreneurs see, wait, could I do this again? Could I do it 10 more times, 100 more times? That would equal this much money. Oh, wait, there's an opportunity here. Let's go. You know, That's where you separate the mindsets from, from other people because I remember you know, our first year, we took on some debt when we were traveling and we didn't sell the St. Paddy's Day sweaters. But then we got to Christmas and we sold a ton of sweaters. So we had all this money sitting in the bank and we're like, man, we could go there. We could do this. We could travel here, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no. So we took the whole chunk and paid off all our debt. We were dead broke, but we were debt-free. You know right. what I mean? So, so it's also those having that mindset of um, not just taking the money and blowing it, but reinvesting in it, getting yourself in a better financial position, You know, giving yourself more leverage for the next opportunity, um, which it's not as fun, <laughs> but yeah. – it, long term, I think it pays dividend.
2: So, do you see yourself scaling up any of your businesses, Ryan? What's your outlook on that? My
1: my end goal is removal of myself from the day to day. So, I would like to scale up to a, a point where I can hire someone where I'm just touching base, keeping an eye on the numbers, the quality control, and things like that. But that I have more freedom to to go and do other things. Um, I I also have investments that I'm I've done and I'm doing that that create capital outside of my business. So I would eventually like to be financially independent where, where my, my passive income matches my outgoing and I don't have to really think about um, day-to-day cash anymore. And then just always going after the next thing. I, I, you know, I have no desire to sit on the couch. I have no desire to retire. I love creating income and not and it, it always makes me feel like i'm saying i love money cuz it's not really yeah. the money part of it it's just i love creating and and seeing the fruits of my labor so i always want to be doing that and i don't know what sector it will be um you know i, I really enjoy investing and on in, um, the stock market and things like that i enjoy real estate so i i would like to be able to put more time into those things so so my end goal is just removal and having freedom to really dabble in anything where right now i have to work you know the you know, like I said, I'm hourly at my, my own business. So I have to do the thing. So end goal is just removal and creating, I would like to have 12 businesses, 15 businesses. You know, it's just, I want to do them well. So I have to, you know, take small steps at a time.
2: Yeah. I've personally seen a ton of business owners that never have, and they never have the mindset of removal at, at any point. And I, I don't know. I know each of us are different. Greg and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. Where do we ever see ourselves stepping away completely? What would we do? I don't think enough people actually even have that conversation with themselves. They just assume that they're going to be hustling and grinding. And I know many business owners who are now in their late 50s, early 60s, who never separated at all. Yeah. And they're just so tired. And right. it's re- it's refreshing to see your standpoint and and where you're going with that. And I don't know where I'll be at as far as removal from the company, but of course, if you can Mm -hmm. delegate the tasks that are taking up your time that, you know, either someone else can do better than you or as good, and it'll free you up to do other stuff, whether that's your freedom to travel or experience or even invest or do something else. I, and I think that's necessary, but well, and I think it, for me it was hard at the beginning,
1: you know, with the the couple of months after I quit my job, I'd still get up at eight, I'd shower, I'd put on like nice clothes, and I'd just like go and sit on my computer and work. <laughs> you know, it's like I still had this like I need to be working to be productive. Um, my grandpa used to work, um, you know, he worked fifty hours a week in in like a factory. And, and you know, when I talk to him and I tell him like, you know, my goal isn't to really work, you know, I don't really wanna work like a a job, job, it just kind of, kind of blows his mind. And I think with technology now and internet now, and being able to do what we do, um, and sell to the the country or the world, you know, work is relative. It's not, you know, we don't, we're all like, I'm always working. My mind is always running. I'm always on my phone answering messages, but I'm not at a job. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, uh, making sure, you know, you know, you're always going to be working, but it's not going to look like
0: what work looked like 30 years ago. You right. know what and I that, mean? That's kind of my goal. I, I, I can't, I can't ever imagine not working. Yeah, uh, you know, right. I, I, I don't, I don't plan on retiring like so many people think the American dream of retiring is, you know, right. I, I, I can't imagine not, not working, not being involved in my business or some business in, in, in some way. Um, yeah. Know, yeah, I mean, it's gonna look totally different than probably how it looks now. You know, you know, I I would like to be
1: for sure. will.
0: I like to be able to walk away and be more removed from it, but I would still want to be a part of it. And, you know, so yeah, you know, like I I still know, I still don't know exactly how that looks, but but uh, you know, I'm figuring that out as I go along, and and uh, yeah. Well, and having having the foresight, like Jared was
1: saying, like a lot of people don't have have a removal plan and. I think removal even kind of has like a neg- negative connotation to it. Like, Oh, I just want to be done with it. Like, no, it's, right. you understand that your value isn't being the employee. Your value is the creation side of it. You know, right. the, the, the building side of it. So the quicker you can get to the part where you don't need to be actually putting the screws in the Neo mag or cutting the targets or, or cutting the vinyl, you know, then you can leverage that and, and create more income and, um, like to Jared's point, if you're not careful, you just create a job for yourself and you're right. just working a job just the same. You know, you're you're not really an entrepreneur in the sense because you, you're just working a job that you're paying yourself for. It's still, you're still stuck. You're just stuck in your own job.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so you the, have to be very careful of all that. <laughs> There's so much stuff going on. At, which, and it's it, stuff that I never even thought about you know starting out didn't even think about half of this stuff and you just kind of i don't know i i appreciate the fact that i didn't know some of this stuff and then i'm kind of figuring it out as we go but i don't know it, it's stuff that i think i'm hoping through the podcast that we can reach people and at least make them aware of and be like hey this is stuff you got to be thinking about which i would have five years ago or whatever yeah well yeah. And that's what's that's what's great about
1: our instagrams too is you know i have a garden instagram but I feel like my my most fulfillment I get from my Instagram is messages about finance or um, you know, pursuing things that you love doing. Those are what really get me excited. Like, yeah, thanks for asking what holster I use and stuff. Like that. I appreciate those messages. But when you say, like, hey, I paid off my credit card because of the advice you gave me, like that's gets me excited. And I yeah. and I know Jared and Greg, I know you guys share stuff about your journeys and, and mistakes you've made. And that's where I think Instagram kind of gets lost is if you want to influence what do you really want to influence and I and I know I kind of have a hard time with that sometimes because it's like yeah I'm a gun page why am I talking about money but that's what gets me excited you know what I mean that's that's the stuff I would rather be talking to you guys about not that I don't love guns but you know I had uh I, I, this is kind of it's a quick story but I was I had just started my businesses and I was dead broke but I, I knew the money side of it. I just wasn't doing the right things. Um, and I had a buddy of mine, this, and, it, and it changed my life. He, I said, yeah, you should be doing this with your money. And he texted me back. He said, talk to me when you have some money. And that, liter- that one text message <laughs> changed my whole approach. From that moment on, I stopped spending. I got serious about my bills. I sold my car that I had a big payment on, and I got a cheap car. You know, that one moment really influenced my journey big time. And I think, you know, when you realize that you could be that moment for someone else, whether it's um, like Greg, I I take a lot from you from, um, from family and the way you approach um, your, your kids and your wife and Jared, same with you, but also both of your guys' hustle with business, you know, you're those moments for me too. You're that inspiration. And I think when you see that you can be that for other people and you could be that one moment, uh, I think that has way more power than, you know, likes or views on some video. Oh, no,
0: for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, you know, my main goal for my Instagram account is my company, my, and my product. But the thing that I think really gets me pumped up, and I just had this conversation yesterday. I actually reposted a guy's picture, and in the picture, there's this, there's this, uh, like an organizer. Yeah. That uh, thing, was thing awesome. that he made. Well, that post just blew up and it, uh, both on Instagram and, and Facebook where where it got posted. Well, I, I ended up talking to the guy who, who made it and and uh and he has some drive to be an entrepreneur and stuff like that i'm like dude here's here's where you start like you now have a pool of people who are interested you see that there's interest out there and uh so we ended up talking just about about getting started I, i i told him like i started in a very similar fashion i posted the one that i made on a facebook group just to see if a dozen people would want one and it ended up being a hundred people wanted one. <laughs> so you make a hundred, you know, like, yeah. I'm mean, like, I started in the exact same way and that just got me so excited to to, to talk to him and, um, and just to, you know, you know just to encourage him to step out and try this. And, um, but it's those sorts of conversations. And I mean, I've talked to probably a hundred people through Instagram yeah. who, you know, who want to start a, a business and, and ask me questions, or, um, oh, or you know, one of my biggest things I get excited about is when people quit their job and they and they go full time for their yeah the business. There, nothing gets me you know more excited than that. Just just because I've been through that and I know how exciting yeah. that is and how much work it took to get to that point. Yeah, um, you you went through something that uh that, that most people will never get you know get through, and now you get to go full time with it. So. Well, and the well, coolest and think, thing, or go ahead, Brian. Well, I was
1: just going to say is for me, you know, I think, I think you guys probably experienced this too. Your day to day kind of gets like repetitive because you're doing the, the same task and you're, you know, and then all of a sudden I have that conversation with someone on Instagram and then I get fired up. I'm like, all right, well, what business can I start? I need to start another one. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's like when you get that, like that, that really gets me excited. Um, you know, when someone says, Oh, I paid off this credit card, or Hey, I think I'm starting this business, and then I start giving them all this advice that they didn't even ask for, but it's like, (laughs) Oh, you could do this, you could do this, and then I'm like, Man, okay, here we go. And then you get, you know, I get fired up again, so I know, you know, they may think that they're messaging me for information, but at the same time, those messages get me excited, and, and I'm always super thankful for them.
2: Yeah, and I think in general, entrepreneurs resonate with each other, and I think that's why it's so easy for us to discuss among ourselves. When I get messages about business and stuff, I get so pumped up and it's like, cool, you're trying to do this. This is so neat. You've already taken one further step than anybody else. You know, most right. people aren't going to do this. And I, I don't know if you guys experience this, but it's this weird dynamic for me where it's really easy for me to talk to people about business when they're an entrepreneur or they're in the same boat. It's really hard to discuss it with people outside of that realm. And then, have you ever experienced that where people who aren't an entrepreneur are asking you questions or whatever, and it's like you're trying to answer the questions, but at the same time, are they going to understand? They they, they yeah. haven't seen the journey. I mean, you said some about your grandfather. Oh yeah, I mean, half
1: my friends think I'm a bum. You know, I, I, have, <laughs> I, I have. I have. Are you pants. a bum? <laughs> I have sweatpants <laughs> on all the time. I don't go to work. Um, You know, I, I think. I think some people probably think I'm broke because they're like, oh, you sell stickers in your basement? Like they don't understand scale. Um, you know, someone that hasn't been in the, in the grind like that, the, the entrepreneur journey, they don't understand that there's a lot that goes on that you just don't, you, you won't understand. I didn't understand before I did it. It's, it. There's just a lot of hidden hidden part of the journey because it's not, it's not visible, right? Like, and no one knows what you're doing. You know, they don't know if you're selling one Neomag neo a day or 50, you yeah. know, what I, and that's Well, Greg and tries not, to sell one a
2: week. That's usually yeah. what he's trying to do. <laughs> goals. Hashtag goals. Someday hey, I'll hit that goal.
1: <laughs> hey, I used to sell one vinyl a
2: week and it was, and I was so happy about it. <laughs> so, but dude, that's, that's like 95% of the journey. I still remember the name of my first customer. Like it blows my mind that I don't know. It's just so cool where I remember going from, okay, we were going to make targets, which there's, as far as our journey, it was kind of like you said, I mean, you kind of went, you said you went the wrong way into business and I don't think we went the wrong way, but we didn't go the best way. We kind of just were like, okay, we're going to beat ourselves into this market and hit it with a sledgehammer and try to make it, (laughs) make it go. Um, but it was cool seeing the growth from, okay, we sell one target a month cool. Well, that's not a viable business and everybody doubted us. And then now we're doing a couple targets a week and this takes years, man. This was not a light switch effect for us. And now we have thousands of targets going everywhere. And like, I can't keep up with inventory and it's, but that's, that's the addiction is the scaling up. It's one, it's one thing to create the product and then be like, cool, now I'm going to sell this. But then like Greg experienced. Now you're realizing that, Holy cow, I'm selling this thing for more than it costs me to make. That's fantastic. <laughs> Let's do that a thousand times. Let's do that 10,000 times, a hundred thousand times. Yeah. And yeah, it's, man, it's so cool. But what so I, I think what
0: separates the people here who are going to be su- be successful and not is how hard are you willing to work to sell that first 10, right? Items, yeah. yep. you know, it, it might take you and it, and, and there's some challenge in that too, because because maybe if it takes you six months to sell that ten, maybe it's because it's not a good idea, or maybe it's because you're not good at marketing, or maybe right. you know the, 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 <laughs> there, there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot that can go into that. Yeah, um right. That that's a you know
1: like Gary V always talks about like self awareness. Like you just might not be good, or your product might not be good, and you have to you know the best entrepreneur is going to just cut that product and and move on where a lot of people will go in debt and keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. And it's like the market's telling you that it's not good, that you're not good. You should listen.
2: You mentioned you had the St. Patty's day sweaters. They were kind of a flop. Have you had any other bad ideas since we're on this topic? Hold on real
0: quick. Uh, what happened to those St. Paddy's? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We kept
1: them in the RV for like, <laughs> for the whole trip. Cause we had so many of them. And then when I uh, moved, I had them in the garage for like another year and a half. And then one day I was just like, I have to just throw these away. I have to just get rid of them. They're not, I'm not going to sell them. They're just taking up space. So literally one day I threw like $7,000 worth oh, of, oh, of man. stuff in the trash. But listen, this is a very big mistake that I made that I couldn't even believe I made. I made product before I had sales. You should I mean unless like now you guys make product before you have sales because you know the sales are coming. Yeah we, we, didn't we can forecast that. it. And I would I, I think back on that all the time and I'm like, why would I ever allow myself to do that? I'm smarter than that. And you know it was just a very bad time and the sweater sells so insanely well um that we just had so much confidence. But you know, confidence doesn't equal results sometimes. You know, you can be yeah. the most confident person in the wrong product and it's just, it's just not going to be a thing. But um, to Jared's point, I think, you know, if you tell most people, hey, you need to quit your $80,000 a year job to make $4,000, um, no one's going to say yes. But then you see year two and year three and year four and all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, that's, that's what's hard for a non-entrepreneur mindset is long-term vision. Most people don't, don't see that way. They don't want to think that way um, because security is nice. You know, A constant paycheck is nice, you know, not having to worry about those things. There, there's value in that um, that I don't fault people for not wanting to walk away from. For sure. But yeah. you could offer me $250,000 a year to work a job 50 hours a week right now, and I'd say no in two seconds. I mean, this is not even a question. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's because it's, at the end of the day, I think once you, once you've done what we've done, you, you understand balance to your life and doing the things that you care about that ha- has more value than just a dollar.
2: Did you ever get to the point where you had a lot of self-doubt about what you're doing now?
1: I think the only time I ever doubted what I was doing is when I was sitting in that RV, having not sold a single, uh, sweater broke <laughs> and, and, and we didn't even know how to use the RV yet. So we didn't have running water. We didn't have, heat. <laughs> you know, it was just like, we're cold. We're broke. We're, you know, a thousand miles from home. We don't have any money to even keep going. And it was just like, what are we doing? And then, you know, we just went to Key Largo and got that cutter and it was just like, okay. You know, the, the first time I cut, I cut a world map out of the vinyl and, uh, I saw how it worked and I was like, okay, I know we can do this. And that was it. And and since then, honestly, I've never had a, um, the only thing that I think about sometimes is I have, this is, it sounds kind of braggy, but I have so much time, you know, my jobs, I can do very, I, I can put out a lot of product quickly now because I've gotten good at it. Um, I think about sometimes like, man, I could work a job and do what I'm doing and make twice as much money. Um, but then it's like, no, you should be putting that time towards creating more revenue. And you know what I mean? Like it's, it's still that worker mentality. It's like, oh, I should be working 50 hours a week. No, you should be working your 20 or whatever it is. And then putting that other 30, you know, towards learning and growing. And so I think, I I think I have hourly, hourly employee mindset sometimes. And that's not always, you know, good for my
2: growth. Jared, I cut your question off. Did it,
0: did did he answer your question?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, oh, the only other thing. So you, you talked about the sweaters a little bit and coming out of the doubt of, you know, not, not actually selling them. Have you had any other bad ideas since then? Anything that flopped? And if you did, oh, yeah, sorry. what was kind of, what was kind of the, the sign that, you know, this is a flop. I need to stop doing this.
1: So I've never made that I'll never make that mistake again of not testing the market. So now every every business I've started or or new design, I test the market first. So I create the listing, I create the pictures, and I see if it sells. And then if it starts selling, I put my energy behind it. You know, so I I haven't made <laughs> I haven't made that mistake and I we haven't had any products that um you know, with our with our Uh, Nautical decor business. We've had some stuff that didn't sell, but we'd just delete the listing, and um, you know, we'd short sell off and take a little hit on that item, and then put that money towards the items that do sell. So I, I I made a really bad mistake one time, and I fortunately haven't made that mistake again.
2: And I think there's something to be said though too about learning the industry that you're in. There's a lot that we have learned on our end about the Target world, where now I have a pretty good feeling of. How is something going to go? Um, And I'm sure, Greg, you can attest to that too. Uh, Not that we would guarantee that it's going to take off. But I mean, obviously, when you spend time in a a realm of a market, you're going to learn things about it. But I like the idea of testing because that's what we do on our Instagram. If you ever pay attention to our stories, probably (laughs) 95% of people don't catch it. But every week when I have a story, there is like some product in the background or on a target or in our posts. Like we are teasing you with pre-release yeah. stuff that nobody has ever seen. I was and just going to say, I love watching
1: you guys quote unquote test the market with your Instagrams. Dude, Cause, so cause I, I'm like, oh, okay, so he's thinking about doing this.
2: That's how so I, I, see I it, you know, that's what I do. I, I put out this product. So I, for example, we have armored posts for the eight app and I can talk about all this. So it's not like we're patenting it or whatever, but it's just little, areas in our, our market that need to be filled. And I try to fill them with higher margin products. I mean, that's the, that's the end goal. Like what, what accessory do you need for the target system? That's going to make your life easier, keep your training more efficient and offer you more value in the long run. But how I test that, which is really awesome is I tease them in the stories and dude, that one picture that I put up of that ADAP with that steel post, I had eight prototypes made. And some guy reached out to me and he's like, I need all of them. And it's like, okay, I guess I'm selling all of them. So this is a, like, you can figure out if your product's viable, but there, it doesn't eliminate the risk. I guess is what I was getting at. At the beginning, it's impossible to eliminate that risk. But as you kind of get an established name and a presence and you learn your market, you do have the advantage of testing the waters like that without going in plunging
1: you know two yeah you guys you guys have this you know following of people that you can just put an idea in front of and they can tell you if they want it you know that's such that's such a valuable thing to have that you didn't have at the beginning you know you have to just go with your gut where now you can be like hey would you buy this (laughs) and you know like that's that's awesome for you guys and i love watching uh, you know your new products come out and And how much time and energy is put into them because you guys both of you are just so good at creating something that wasn't there before you know what i mean like it it didn't exist and i you know that's something i i i haven't done so it's awesome watching you guys just create these things and i'm like man that's such a good idea yeah but your live laugh
0: love final is the best (laughs) that i've ever seen Hot seller, bro. Hot. <laughs> seller. <laughs> well, and we should, just touched I on have this. One of those. <laughs> you don't? No, no. <laughs> man. That's your brand. I, butter. Try to,
1: I try to keep a lot of what I sell along things that I enjoy. You know what I mean? Now, granted, we do have some that like I would never buy, but a lot of times it's like, man, I'd buy that. You know what I mean? Like when you're yeah. creating something that you'd buy, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to like get some energy behind it. I can't believe yeah, you don't I mean,
2: like to live, laugh, and love. Uh, Depends on the day. I can be pretty snarky. And Greg and I just talked about this probably two podcasts ago. I think where we we went into a little bit. Sometimes you kind of have to create the market as well. I mean, it. I definitely would say with the Neomag, it was needed. You could tell right away, Greg, that hey, this thing's going to take off. We went into the steel target market and we're like, okay, we're going to make targets, but we didn't really have a clear vision of how are we going to differentiate from the rest. And it was only as we started producing and building products that we realized, Hey, most of these targets on the market are junk and yeah. we need to get away from AR 500. We need to move into a different realm, which also made it way more difficult because now we're selling targets that are more expensive. Right. So there's so much, there's so much that goes into this that it can be discouraging to people, but I'm, I'm hopeful that through all of our conversations and everything, it it lets people know that there's not just one way to skin this thing. There's not just one path to go on this. There's not just one product or one method, but it, you know, you kind of have to navigate that organically as you go.
1: I think the thing I always think about, I think it was Ford. Um, he said, if you asked a hundred people what they wanted when it came to a car, he said, they would have, they would have told me they wanted a faster horse. Um, you know, so, so sometimes like to your point, you have to say like, with your targets being more expensive. I think if you asked a lot of people about steel, they would have said, I want a cheaper steel where you are now a more expensive steel, but you're also doing a very good job of showing why and the value that it, that it is because you know, I've shot steel of all kinds and it's just like, just put a TA target out here because I'm scared of getting like spalled (laughs) or like cutting this target down or, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, and I say that to Greg too, is both of you guys have to, in your sales, you have to show your value first. And I think sometimes if you're not a very good entrepreneur or salesman to Greg's point, that's hard to do because you, you know, you're, you're selling to people that want a faster horse when you're trying to sell the car. And, but you, I think you guys have hit your tipping point now where you've, you've gotten over that hurdle. But I think that is hard sometimes because you know, having to show your value um, and explain it can, can be a barrier to, to sales.
0: For sure, and, and we were smiling because cause I, I actually used that quote last episode. I love that quote from yeah, from Henry Ford. That's just it, uh, I think about that every time I'm thinking of some new idea. I'm like, right? It, it, am I making like am, am I making a faster horse here, or am I, or, or, or am I thinking about you
2: know, <laughs> yeah? What can
0: I make that 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 people don't even know that they need? Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's I love thinking that way, and and. But man, that's a challenge because I could probably have a hundred products out right now, right? If I went with just stuff that I knew people would would want, but that's not what drives me. Yeah.
1: Well, and a a big and a big part of that is being able to shut out the noise, you know, because a lot of like if you listen to a hundred people that are telling you to make a faster horse, you're not going to make the car, or and you know, same with the Neomag or the TA targets or all those things. Like, you have to, um, you know, I follow this Instagram. It's just like quotes about. Um, you know how the telephone would never make it, or no one would ever watch TV, or the internet was just a fad. It's just these <laughs> these quotes from really knowledgeable people short selling future
0: change. Um, so I think it's cool that you guys pay attention to that too, because that that's really important. I know we have some people coming from Instagram and stuff, know um, who know you you know you know by your uh, your Embrace the Recoil account and your your gun stuff. So I would like to just spend a little bit of time here just. Um, you know, you know, just kind of talking about some of that stuff. So it, you know, like you said before, um, your, your job and your career has allowed you to pursue this hobby and this passion. So what's that been like? And, and, uh and, and I mean, cause your account, how many people are you up to on your, on your account? Do you know?
1: Uh, I think I have like 65,000.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, and it, it, that's nothing to scoff at. So you've, you know, you've obviously put a lot of time and effort into that too. So, yeah, you know, how has that, that 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 journey been for you?
1: Um, when I was in the RV, we started a little Instagram. Um, so I learned about like hashtags and stuff like that, and and I remember we got to like four thousand followers, and I was like, my mind was blown. I was so excited. Um, and then when, when we stopped living in the RV, I just wanted something to be able to just show one of my passions, you know, because I wasn't traveling anymore and I didn't have anything to share when it came to travel. So I was like, well. You know, travel guns; those are my two things. So let's start a gun thing. It was fun meeting. You know, a huge part of my circle now is guys I met through Instagram. Uh, you know, it's like I go and stay with strangers that I met online, and uh, you know, <laughs> that sounds is, really, really weird <laughs> when you say it like that. <laughs> 2019, baby. Um, it's not weird anymore. You know, I I've been blessed like meeting you guys and and a lot of the people that I've met because um finding people with mindsets like myself isn't always the easiest thing you know there's not a lot of people that are entrepreneurs there's not a lot of people that are shooters or or pro gun um so it it went crazy and and now I don't put as much time into it when it comes to the gun stuff um it's just not you know I don't have a desire to go out and film all these crazy videos and you know when we go out now it's a lot of training and just shooting but I still get to talk to people and message people and 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 share things that I'm passionate about. So I I really do. I'm thankful for the opportunity that, that it, it has turned into for sure.
2: Yeah. That was a fun period of time because I remember we started TA targets. I started doing that Instagram thing and the TA targets Instagram was super small, but I saw guys like you, I saw Rex and drew and, and you you know, our group we had going on for a while. they were just nudging each other along for a little bit. Um, Instagram was a little bit different realm, but it was just fun to see accounts grow and just push the limits and see how fast can you grow it? How, how many people can you get on board? You know, that was for me, it was insane. And I was always a little behind you guys, um, with the Keystone carry page. And it was just, it was a driving force that taught me so much about, it's going to sound super dumb. (laughs) <laughs> but about myself, you know and, and about what I wanted to do through Instagram, it opened up the doors to photography and videography, which helped me with my business. so for people listening, do not downplay the uh, the value that social media can provide your business for
1: sure yeah and I 'll definitely say to your Jared like watching you attack things when you when you take them on has really inspired me because you'll be like, I want to get into photography. And all of a sudden, you know all this stuff about it and you have the thing. Or I want to get into videography and you start making these videos. It's just like, man, this guy doesn't stop. It's like, slow down, dude. You're making me feel like I'm not doing anything with my life. Well, you, the, just, you want to do it and you do it. And I think that's, that's, that's
2: awesome. And behind closed doors, what it is, is just an insane desire to learn. That's it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're at a day and age where, let's be real, if you have even a basic um skill set if you have some kind of talent something say maybe you don't know how to use a camera but you can picture what a good photograph would look like like get on yeah. youtube seriously just start absorbing as much stuff as possible and i never did that prior to being a business owner not to the level that i do now because now it's right. a necessity now it's like i can't afford to hire a full time photographer. So what do I do now? You've got to watch YouTube for 25 hours straight <laughs> and then go out and suck really bad at what you're trying to learn and then just progress. But yeah, that's, but you know, that's, that's the, awesome. that's the thing that people
1: need to understand is technology is far ahead of school right now. You know, you, school used to be, there was gatekeepers that they had the information. Well, now technology has made a lot of schooling obsolete. So if, if you want to learn to be a good photographer, you don't need to go and work with a photographer. You can go online. You can talk to people on Instagram. You can use YouTube, you know? So the excuses need to get eliminated because there really isn't a lot of them when it comes to a lot of things. Like if you say, I don't know how to make videos, that's that's not an excuse anymore, right? Like you can figure it out really easily and it, it just takes time.
0: Yeah. Well, that's and I think that's, that's something else that you need to know as an entrepreneur, as an inspiring entrepreneur is, is uh, you got to be willing to take on and figure out how to wear more hats, or figure out who can do it for you, um, right? You know, because you might just you might just not have that have that skill set, or yep, um, or be able to figure it out and do it good enough. So, you know, it might be something that you have to pass along, but. A good place to start is seeing if you can do it yourself first, right? Um, So, yeah. Sometimes the
1: best decision is to pay for it. (laughs) You know, like uh, (laughs) Like accountants, accountants, accounting.
0: (laughs) I love, (laughs) I love paying my accountant.
2: (laughs) Oh man, that's times money too. Yeah, well, that's the funny thing is this year was my my wake up call. We always did accounting ourselves. You know, we'd we'd keep track of the books and. And just at the end of the year, have our accountant go through and make sure everything's looking right. Well, last year was a freaking nightmare because we switched payment processors halfway through the year. It's always fun. Um, we did all kinds of crazy stuff. And we got to the end of the year and we had to file an extension for our taxes for the company because it's like, <laughs> we had such a train wreck going on. And, um, it's I've just, been there. Man, mm-hmm. and, and now we have an accountant that we have monthly going through our books. And it's like, that stress is completely off my shoulders. It's like, I say this jokingly, but I would pay him anything to just keep (laughs) doing what he's doing because I know that it's not in any of our skill Um, so there's definitely a balance there. Well, and that stuff you
1: never think about when you start your own thing, you never think about like accounting and marketing and you know what I mean? It's just like, Oh, I have this product. I want to sell it. Okay. Well, you got to learn how to build a website you, you know it's like there's yeah. so much more <laughs> how, if you really if you really wrote down everything you were going to have to learn to be an
2: entrepreneur you'd probably be like oh, okay this job doesn't sound so bad now i'll just go back to work <laughs> what percentage so when you're looking at going from a product say your vinyl or whatever it might be what percentage of importance do you think creating the product is versus you know, the rest of it is, is it like 10% is okay. You've created a product. Well, now you're 10% there. Well now you have the 90% to figure out what, what percentage breakdown do you think it is? If that makes any sense.
1: I think at the beginning for me, a lot of the, the percentage was learning how to list it, how to create it. And now I think that percentage is very small because I know that stuff and I can do it very quickly, but I think the percentage now is execution and customer service what benefits me on Etsy, so Etsy is handcrafted stuff. It's stuff you make from home. And a lot of people that do Etsy do it part-time where I, when someone messages me, I message them right back and I get, I get a message every single week. It's like, man, you're so fast. Thank you for responding so fast. Like that's where my value is now because the creation side is, is a small percent. But if I don't execute on the customer service side, you know, the, the problem with Etsy is there's no brand re- recognition. You know, where if I say, like, where'd you get that target? I say, oh, I got it from TA Targets. Where if someone says, where'd you get that vinyl? My customers will say, I got it from Etsy, right? They don't say they got it from me. Yeah. So, so I have to do my best with the customers that do come because I don't have a lot of um, brand recognition. So I think that percentage always shifts and just being able to uh, pay attention to where you need to put the most energy is, is super important.
0: So do you, yeah. do, you, do you have your own website that you sell off of or or do you just just do Etsy? I I don't I used to have my own website,
1: but Etsy like I will get hundreds of thousands of views every year from Etsy. And to get that kind of traffic and SEO um rankings through a, my own website, the time value is just it, the time is more better spent through Etsy. The only thing I would like to do is start branching out from Etsy with other things, which we're working on right now, because a lot of our eggs are in the Etsy basket. Right. Yeah.
2: That's fascinating.
1: Do you use Pinterest? We use Pinterest a lot. We use, um, Google ads. Um, Etsy has its own promoted system where you can pay to get your listings promoted. And, um, their SEO rankings benefit me because I am, I have bigger shops so I, I have more sales, I have five-star ratings, you know, reviews, so it does help you. And that's a big part of it is too, is getting reviews and stuff like that and actually getting established online. I'm sure you guys, you know, have that problem too. It's like, if you have a product that has no reviews, people are are a little bit sketchy to, to buy it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was, for us, half, half the battle was just getting the presence and then building it out from there on the website and making sure the website's right so that people can get through it quickly. And I don't know. Well, and you guys have have such,
0: such great
1: products where you're, you have organic promotion through Instagram, you know, people that are buying them, tag them. And you know, that, people don't understand how valuable that is because, you know, someone like me, I don't really have a product that I can push through Instagram. So right. so, I have to rely on outside sources to get my views. Where you guys, your marketing dollars is getting targets and or or neo mags in people's hands, and then they kind of do the work from there. So that that is a big big benefit.
2: Yeah, that you guys, yeah. I think, use really really well. It's funny. It makes me think of a memory from the first show we went to um, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We had our target systems. You know, I was I walked into the building. I just remember. There, there were a couple of the biggest target companies there. And I walked into the doors and just looked at where our spot was. And I was just thinking to myself, smiling the whole time, like, I'm going to own you guys. It might take <laughs> it might take 20 years. It might take 30 years. But it was just this cocky arrogance of, of like, oh, we're going to sell so much steel this week. And I just remember that the target system that we were hoping was going to be like our namesake is the biggest flop of any of them ever. <laughs> that we've ever done. It's just, man, I, I wish I could convey that really well to people who are outside of the realm. And maybe this podcast is doing that for people, but it's just, it's hard to convey that to people of like, you know, most people look at that and they're like, Oh, well, that's a failure. You, you went to that show. You didn't sell hardly anything. Your target that you were hoping would blow people's minds. Didn't do anything, but it's so valuable to me. Cause it hits so close to home. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the reality but- of it. Like my fail story with the St. Patty sweaters. I think
1: I think those fails are so important though. So getting them out of the way sometimes at the beginning is a lot better than doing it on a bigger scale later on. And I, I think I think most entrepreneurs have a fail story. Yeah. Um but but it doesn't it doesn't matter in the long term. You just have to get through it at the time, you know?
2: Yeah. That's so cool. Well, I think we're about at the hour mark, Greg. Um, so. Do you want to wrap us up? Yeah, um,
0: Ryan. Where can people find you? Embrace the recoil on Instagram and YouTube. Oh yeah, you got your YouTube too. I'm forgot about awesome. that. And then there's uh, like. Now, how can people find you on find you on Etsy?
1: Uh, if you just go to Google and search Tippet Designs, I'm the first shop that pops up. Or if you go to Google and search uh, Paradise Decor. I'm the first shop that pops up
2: nice and what would you leave with our following on our podcast any piece of advice or just words of encouragement or anything just give them one closing thing here at the end make it super deep and impactful super deep (laughs) impactful super weird and emotional not to put
0: you on the spot
1: (laughs) i I always get i get that kind of when i do these things and i think for me the hard thing is is this is what matters to me but I waited too long to to start what i'm I'm doing now. I was always passionate about it. I always wanted to do those things, but my spending and my energy didn't match up to what I wanted and i and I think if I could go back, I would have saved more money at the beginning, you know spent more wisely and and started learning the things that I needed to learn to to approach it so my encouragement to people when they message me is always, if you have a desire to do something different than you're doing today, put your energy there. That would be my, my advice. Because nothing happens overnight. You know, it has to be these small changes that get you there.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well said. Sweet. And, uh, as usual, you can, uh, you can find us uh, for forging the journey our, our Instagram is forging the journey. Um, We have a Facebook group. It's a private, private group, but if you just hit the invite, we will let you in open arms. And, uh, and then you can find my business account is the Neo mag. That's what, what I am on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And then Jared.
2: Yeah. If you want to check out the steel targets we got going on and some behind the scenes stuff, definitely check out at TA targets on Instagram. Um, The YouTube is pretty small on that, on that side, but it's, We're planning on doing a lot um, over this coming summer. And we actually just started really kicking it into high gear with my business partner, Ethan. He's been posting a lot of the the behind-the-scenes stuff from the production side. So if you want to see some of that stuff, check him out at Tactical Frontiersman. That is Tactical Frontiersman. Yes, that is his his handle. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> I, I, I
2: actually really
1: enjoy that stuff that he posts because the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff is something you don't get to see a lot. And it is right. and even
2: when Greg posted, too, I liked seeing his shots. No, I love stuff posting like that. stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Well, and I'm all about bringing as much of the team in as possible. And that's something that we're going to really be focusing on over the next couple of years because it's not just – you know warm bodies filling a shop over here these are people with families and guys on our team that are kicking this thing in the butt and helping us move forward so yeah and if you want to check out my personal stuff you guys know it it's keystone carry um if you'd like to get into the firearms world or politics or money or whatever i go into all that stuff so just drop me a message and let me know what you think if you don't agree it's cool but you know that's where i'm well, at thank you
0: guys for having me Oh, yeah man. thank you so much for being on uh, I was really excited about this and I, th- I think people are I think people are really going to love this and they're going to get a lot from this so uh, yeah we really appreciate
2: it we have to have you on again maybe in like uh, yeah a couple of, a year down the road or something two years down the road we'll have to do some follow-ups because it'll be so cool we've said it a million times but it'll be so neat to see this as a roadmap map of where we came from and where we're headed
0: yeah so, absolutely yeah, yeah, someday when Ryan you know is next bezos and has some massive empire yeah. we're gonna dude he's we're gonna, gonna, gonna be come gary back v. to this, I have back no to this desire. Desire.
2: if i'm ever bezos i did something wrong <laughs> i think you'll be more like the gary v
0: yeah. uh, the next gary v of the gun industry and then this podcast will blow up because people are gonna be searching his name and they're gonna find <laughs> the old stuff that i used to talk about how crazy i sounded probably yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, alright guys, let's uh, I think we all need to get back to work, so yeah, we'll wrap up. Alright, thanks guys. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Bye everybody.